eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome everyone back to a Brocast Mailbag. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am coming to you solo to record a mailbag. Brandon Huffman uh, still getting over how bleak he was last week. Uh, Tracy Pearson is on a plane to Atlanta, so you've got me. And I got a request to do this. So we're going to start with the football board. We're going to move on to the basketball board. But I will note uh, the football questions have some basketball questions within them. And the basketball questions, uh, basketball board questions have some football questions within them. You are flexible creatures. I think you're going to be able to deal with it. All right. Starting off, Sage Hen Bruin. Why is the UCLA AD subjecting UCLA football fans to another year of sports purgatory? Why, Dave? Why? Well, that feels rhetorical. I will answer it. Um... I don't know. I have heard some things as to the rationale, uh, but I have my own explanation. I think the rationale can be, uh, I think there's a lot of rationalizations for why you do a thing. Money, uh, the chancellor's leaving, uh, just don't want to. Uh, don't think uh, UCLA football should expect more than seven and five. Whatever, whatever, whatever. The explanation though, I think is simpler. The explanation is very, very simple. Incompetence. Um, Not doing the job properly that you're assigned to do. Because the thing is, it's not hard to take the temperature of the fan base. It's not hard to see that Chip Kelly's tenure at UCLA has been a failure. Uh, It's very easy, actually. First, you start with attendance at football games. Nobody's going. Uh, and I don't mean nobody. That's an exaggeration. That's a little thing I like to call hyperbole. But not many people are going. Certainly the lowest attended games, uh, basically, in modern UCLA history. So there's that. You know that. Like, yeah, that's a data point that's hard. You know it. It's there. Season ticket sales, they're in the tank. You got it. You've got that information available to you. Then you have our bro message board. Now, I don't mean to say we are the entire fan base, like that our message board is the entire fan base. But I think there's this idea that it's like 200 cranks, uh, just super, super negative. 
there are literally thousands of people who are subscribed to our website. I, I, that, uh, I'm not going to give you a specific because I don't want to tell you how much money uh, Bro brings in because that's uncouth. Um, but it's thousands of people who, who subscribe to this website. Um, and I, taking the temperature of this lovely website that I am very familiar with, it has never been more unanimous against a coaching regime regime continuing. So two, that's that's the second data point. And I do think it's a very important one as much as it tries to get poo-pooed by uh, certain elements at UCLA. And then three, you've got the social media piece, which, okay, you want to say, oh, that's just some cranks on social media. And okay, maybe it is. But Martin German's basketball post on Saturday got 113 replies, the vast, vast majority of which were asking him to fire Chip Kelly and or himself. Um, that is like what happens when uh, like something controversial happens. Somebody suddenly gets um, uh, uh, deluged with that sort of stuff. But the thing is, you can isolate on any one of those and say, oh, it's this explanation or it's that explanation. Like, oh, you know, there's NFL teams in town now. That's why they don't get tickets. And, oh, bro is just a crank website and the 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 the, the head guys just hate us. Uh, and, oh, God, you know, social media, that's just bots and whatnot. But put them all together. What does it tell you? And that's the part where I think every argument against falls flat on its face. And it goes back to, I think it's just simple inertia, simple um, incompetence, simple just not doing the, the job as it's assigned. Because, I mean, uh, an AD's job boils down to you got to nail your... Uh, so from a fan perspective, I know from a, uh, a, a top-down perspective, from his boss's perspective, it's all about uh, fundraising. But from a... Uh, uh, accountable to the fan base perspective, it is all about how you manage your football and basketball programs. And uh, this is mismanagement of, of football. Uh, MC DeCoste, what's your read on the basketball season so far? I haven't been paying much attention to this point, but looking to start digging in soon. Any big shifts from preseason expectations? No, not really. Um, I, I think we all kind of expected it to be a struggle at the beginning. The thing that, that is, I think... A, a legitimate worry right now is the path to the NCAA tournament. I think Saturday's game against Ohio State is extremely important. Uh, if they win that, they're, they can right-side themselves a little bit more. Uh, but they've lost every uh, quad one opportunity so far. We knew it was going to be a struggle fest. We knew they were going to have to um, have some growing pains, all that kind of stuff. It's just been um, every... Every one of the quad one opportunities has been lost so far. Um, they've been more competitive in these games than I thought they would. I thought there would be a blowout somewhere in there, and there hasn't been. Um, but, you know, it could continue to bottom out here a little bit. Um, if you follow the path of Mick Cronin's teams, there's a December lull is pretty common. Uh, and then they start to really surge once conference play starts. So uh, I, st I think it's going to be a lot better come February, uh, end of January. Uh, but I also think uh, it could still be a little bit more of a struggle here in the coming weeks. Listos, one, approximately how many donors does Bro believe are withholding donations to NIL until Chip is fired? And would their combined donations exceed $5 million if they made them? Uh, I don't know about $5 million. I think they, the, the, what I heard was it would exceed a million. Uh, and then uh, how many? I don't know. This is, I'm not soliciting this stuff. I don't, I, I'm not soliciting that information because that gets a little too into like, uh, 
I write words that say uh, Chip Kelly should be fired, but I'm not going to get into like strategizing and advocacy in any kind of meaningful way. I'm not asking anyone, hey, are you going to withhold donations until, you know, Chip is fired? I've heard anecdotally from a couple of people that and who are decent enough donor sized, like, you know, north of 10 grand, that they're not going to continue to donate and they probably are going to give up their season tickets because of this decision. But um, that's what I've got anecdotally, and then I've got what I'm told. Two, approximately how many donors to football does Men of Westwood have, and what is the average donation? Again, I can't speak to Men of Westwood. I can speak to UCL uh, Bro's branch of it, where we get our donations uh, through um, our, our campaign that we started last year. And uh, football has raised from us, from our end, $140,000 since last December uh, from bro donations and uh that's in from 40 440 donations so it's about 300 bucks a person um 25 a month which is more or less i think what we put as like the baseline ask um so you know mostly just bros doing their thing and trying to uh you know contribute what they can um so i would imagine what's been, been contributed through the men of westwood website is more than that. And also, um, Ken and his team have targeted higher dollar donors as well beyond what what we're doing. Three, given what appears to be the going rate, uh, NIL rate for quarterbacks, do you expect UCLA to get one in the portal? Uh, I'm, I'm skeptical that they will. And I'm also, I'm kind of out on the idea that they should. Uh, I, I would have interpersonal complications with them doing that. And I think Chip Kelly should as well. Ethan Garbers was set to redshirt this year, and he was asked not to, so that he could come, so that he could come rescue things when Dante Moore uh, faltered. Um, turning around and then bringing in a starter level guy above him, and this is me being an Ethan Garbers agnostic. I don't, I don't think he's the answer. I don't think he's a great starting quarterback at the Big Ten level, um, but I think that'd be a messed up move. I think that'd be super messed up. So I, I don't think they should. I think they should stick with uh, Ethan Garbers. Uh, four, is existing NIL enough to get uh, two to three good offensive linemen? Uh, so this is a more nuanced thing than is there enough money? Because there's a lot of different linemen. There's a lot of different situations. Like, if let's just get specific. Fernando Carmona, his, his decision is more than likely going to be between UCLA and Auburn. Auburn has one of the best NIL collectives in the country. UCLA does not. I mean, Men of Weston's doing a great job, but it's just money in. Um, his decision is going to come down to uh, being closer to home, letting his family come to games, you know, and probably less money versus a lot more money in the SEC, uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a decision for him. Like, it's going to be something he has to think about. Um, and I think there's some guys who it's the, where does the balance tip? How does it, how does it fall? Um, it's not always pure dollars and cents. So the, the bigger thing is, I don't know that anyone's NIL is good enough to get two to three good offensive linemen. There aren't that many good offensive linemen who go into the portal and it's the most, the most coveted position outside of quarterback. So everyone's looking to improve on the offensive line in the portal. Um, they all want ready-made offensive linemen who they don't have to develop. Uh, so I, uh, I, I don't think they will get two to three good offensive linemen. Uh, and I don't think it has all that much to do with NIL, but simply 
there's going to be 65 P5 programs going after, I don't know, 20 Power 5 starters on the offensive line who are in the portal. Uh, that math doesn't work out. Uh, Bruin Lawyer, one. After Tracy reported that Chip would be retained, he hinted on the board that he knew specifics as to what went into the decision for the powers that be, AD, Chancellor, big donors, etc. At the time, he said it would be damaging to the program to divulge the details. Since then, bros just talked in generalities about administrative mismanagement. Can we get any more details on how this all went down now? Um, so this is, like, I think there's some of the detail that, like, I think is still unknown. Uh, I don't want to speak for Tracy. He may, he might be definitely does no more than I do. Uh, but I think some of this is still unknown to me, which is what went down between what I have heard to be conversations between Martin Jarman and people basically intimating that he intended to fire Chip Kelly. And then his conversations later that week with apparently Bruce Feldman, uh, where he said what we reported was clickbait. Um, something changed as far as I know. Now, what the dynamic of that and how it worked was, I've heard a few different narratives, but I don't know how true any of them are. I heard a narrative that uh, he was overruled by the chancellor. I've heard a narrative that he didn't want to make a move when he thought more about it because of the chancellor situation. And I've also heard that, like, uh, maybe he was talking a good game and then uh, push came to shove and he was like, I don't uh, I don't have the, the setup to do this. There's a lot of different narratives flying around and I don't want to give a whole lot of credence to any of it. Um, but I will say um, it got to uh, such a point that he was calling it clickbait and then they beat USC. And I think at that point he was kind of running a victory lap on the whole idea and didn't, didn't think there was going to be any more issue. And then they got blown out by Cal. And then it's been uh, pretty much radio silence from the AD since then. Um, uh, and except for that one interview he gave to Bill Plaschke. And it's uh, it's one of the worst PR vacuums, one of the worst PR situations I can remember for UCLA in a long, long time. Um, and, yeah, that that's something that, like, Dan Guerrero was always really leery of public embarrassment. Um, and so he was always fairly quick to release a statement. Like, after uh, Steve Alford's announcement went awry, uh, there was a statement, I want to say the next day, might have been later that day, I'm not even sure, but it was very quick. Uh, and, you know, that was a different situation, but that was, again, like not wanting to deal with the public embarrassment. This is bizarre, what I'm seeing right now, which is no acknowledgement that this should even be a conversation. And like the little I've heard is that like uh, Chip Kelly said it in his press conference the other day, but like I've heard this echoed no understanding of why people are even upset. Um, and so then there's this effort to minimize uh, and to, to to deflect and say, oh, it's just a small handful of people. It, it isn't. I mean, like I said above, like even if you thought our website was like 500 cranks, it's like 500 extremely passionate UCLA fan cranks. And the thing is, it's not. It's more than that, significantly more. And they're not all cranks. Um, and I've never seen the tenor of that, of this group of people, the many of you listening now, uh, be as unified. I mean, I know there's still argument about like, um, you know, this circumstance or that circumstance, but I think like, I mean, and I, I'm not going to name names cause like people got a little ticked off that I did that last time, but like, you know who you are, like you've been a pretty ardent chip defender. And even those people I'm seeing saying things like, Oh, no, I think he should be gone. I just don't think you should be doing X or Y or whatever because, you know, it's all 
Look, I understand. Uh, people are getting in message board fights, and they've been doing it since the dawn of time, or since the dawn of the internet, at the very least. Um, but uh, even those people are saying, as like a, a as an, of course, Chip should be gone, but yada yada yada. Um, and I think just diminishing that, deflecting from that, and and minimizing that, I think it's just it's a disservice to. It's not even a disservice to those people, though it is. It's a disservice to your job. I mean, as a you know, a big so uh, it's a larger thing. But athletics is um, like what is the purpose of an athletic department for a university? And I want everyone to think about that. Like, what is its purpose? What is what does this do for the university? It's kind of this weird little tumor. Uh, on top of a of a major institution of higher learning, but why does it exist, right? Um, it's a it's a it's a product of a bygone era. Uh, this amateurism, this oh yeah, we'll have athletics because high schools have athletics and all that kind of stuff. But why why? And the 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 function it serves now, whatever the purpose was in the beginning, the function it serves is as a as a front porch, as the marketing arm of your university. The most important marketing for a university is generally going to be athletics. Not always. Certain universities, UCLA being one of them, has a brand beyond athletics. But did it always? What came first? UCLA's international brand or John Wooden? It's, and that question is that has an obvious answer. Um, go look at Texas A&M. Uh, their applications and donations before and after Johnny Manziel. Uh, it's a different world. And UCLA, it's in a pretty good position from applications, right? It's the most ap- applied university in the, in the world. Um, it's, you know, a very well-funded, very, you know, highly thought of research institution. All of that is true. It can always get more. It can always be better. It can always improve. Um, and the the thing with marketing is you continue to do it and what is the purpose of athletics if you are not treating it that way as your most important marketing arm like if if you're not treating it as something that needs to be a focus it's purposeless like it's not i mean right now uh aside from like the the low interest loans that uh ucla uh provides the athletics i'm not sure how much money it's bringing in i don't i don't know if it is um and from a marketing standpoint i think football is uh not quite dead in the water but it's not like it's not this positive force that it could be um and it's what you need to invest in an athletics program to make it good to make it run right to make it be that marketing force for your pro for your university is not actually that much money, um, and if you do it right, you're actually you're 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 investing in a thing that's going to make back that money, not just in implicit applications and donations and all that kind of stuff, but like literally in the revenue from season ticket sales. It's it's a very unique thing because it's basically like a separate business that also markets your university. It's a great investment for a university to do that because it it buoys different things and. If you invest in it initially, you're making back the money. Like it's it's. I feel like I'm talking uh, uh, crazy talk when I say this because it's just 
it, it's not the way UCLA treats it. But anyway, um, I think it's the AD's responsibility to make that pitch, but also to invest those resources and be the subject matter expert and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think that's happening. Two, DW, you mentioned that after the smoke cleared, Bro would try to get Jarmond on here for another interview. Any chance of that? Any sense of where Jarmond's head is at regarding the football program, Chip, now? I made that request uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, what I heard was uh, potentially after the bowl game. So uh, I will hope to do that. I will renew my request next week. Um, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to talk to him because uh, I am, as I've said, very, very confused about what the strategy is right here. Uh, Coast to Coast 32, what do you think Chip's own goals are for the program? Uh, can a guy who forswore recruiting and then later donor fundraising honestly think he's trying to compete for a title? What has Chip been trying to accomplish? I don't think his goals are to win a title. Uh, I, I think the last time he mentioned a championship as a goal was in his opening press conference. I, I think, and this is just an evidence on the field because I'm not going to get into somebody's psyche. I don't do that. Um, but uh, evidence on the field, um, they're they're not... They don't. They're not recruiting like a championship level program, uh, and that's it right there. No, no championship level programs uh, recruit the way Chip Kelly is. There it is. Full stop. Um, so, yeah, I think his goals. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say his goals are nefarious. I don't think he's trying to tank the program, but I think he has different ideas about what he wants to do. I think he's interested in being a developmental program. I think he wants to, you know create good young men who are going to go on to careers in the NFL or doing other stuff and yada, 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 and be like, you know, strong workers and all kind of stuff. And that's fine. Uh, and I think he wants to, uh, you know, be a generally well-coached program. Maybe he wants to prove some things. I don't know. Um, but championships, no. Uh, Keo eighty two thirty four Malik Murphy, UCLA have any interest? Uh, maybe. Uh, but like I said above, I don't think they should go too hard after any uh, high-level portal quarterbacks. Uh, Spencer, 77. In cases where the basketball team loses a recruit to NIL, how often is this because UCLA doesn't have enough money, and how often does this occur because the other school overpays and UCLA doesn't want to overpay? Little column A, little bit of column B. Um, UCLA basketball NIL is more well-funded than football. Uh, they have generally been able to still target and acquire top-level talent. Uh, but there are some situations uh, where other schools are paying a lot more. And uh, I think UCLA has also been cognizant from the jump. This is another area where Mick Cronin, I think, is a uh, good thinker. He's He's got a really good brain. He's a very smart guy. Um, and I think that's a little underrated. Uh, he gets interpersonal dynamics, too. It's not just I'm, I can count the change in your pocket really fast. It's uh, He's got really strong emotional intelligence. I think he understands implicitly that if you give one guy – two million dollars a year on your team uh that could piss off everyone else on your team so you don't really want that uh and that has led to issues in other situations uh not naming names um so uh i i do think it's a little bit of both um but i don't i haven't seen nil supremely impact ucla recruiting yet that's not to say it won't but it hasn't yet i think um so far a lot of it is guys who we're going to Kentucky back when they were cheating or going to Kentucky or what have you now, uh, who, you know, yeah, Kentucky's got an NIL collective that's giving them $10 million, $15 million a year. So it'll be a different deal. Uh, UCLA's isn't that, but UCLA's is pretty good. And uh, I think for the guys UCLA should target under Mick Cronin, uh, don't, I don't foresee issues from that angle. 
Uh, Bruin Cuz, if we avoid any more portal attrition and sign a typical chip-level transfer class, where would you roughly rank UCLA's roster in the Big Ten for next season? It's about 8th or ninth. I was looking at this the other day. Um, right now, they're behind uh, USC, Oregon, and Washington. Those three are all going with them to the Big Ten, so they're behind them again. Then they're behind Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Penn State, probably Nebraska from a talent, pure talent perspective. Uh, and then everyone else kind of in a conversation. I think they're between like 8 and 11 uh, in the Big Ten next year. Um, Sacrapanti, uh, how much influence did Wasserman have on the decision to retain Chip? Did he threaten to withdraw his financial support if Chip was fired? I don't know about the second, but I think it would be foolish to assume he didn't have any influence. Uh, his name's on a building. Uh, but I don't know what that conversation was. Again, the TikTok of that week where uh, we reported what we reported, and then uh, a couple of days later, Wasserman gave his interview to Scott Reed from the OC Register, and then Jarmond uh, was quoted by Bruce Feldman on Saturday morning as calling us clickbait, uh, which was not not a nice thing to hear. Um, that uh, happened... It, it, the the timeline is a little messed up because Feldman was reporting a conversation I think he had Thursday night, but he was reporting it Saturday morning. I don't know at what point, if any, Jarmon talked to Wasserman and if that was a coordinated like media blitz to like refute the report or if uh, one influenced the other. Don't know. Um, but to assume he didn't have any influence I think would be foolish. Bruin 14, I'm 53 years old. Will UCLA football win a national title in my lifetime? I'm planning on making it to at least 85 based on my parents' age at their passings. This, of course, doesn't take into account any unforeseen natural disasters, world wars, Armageddon, or a slip and fall in my home. But assuming those things don't happen, will I ever relish in the joy of a football national championship? I don't think so. Um, like the last, I don't know, 18 years, uh, I think the national title winner has come from the South in 17 of those years. So there's a demographic shift. Uh, a lot of the best high school football development going on is in the South. And that's probably not going to change. It's probably only going to accelerate. Um, but that doesn't need to be the goal to make watching college football fun and enjoyable and satisfying. Uh, and this isn't me dumbing down expectations, but it is me saying, uh, how about just a conference title? Like, how about UCLA get back to, like, regularly competing for the Big Ten? Because I'll tell you this. A lot of people were big UCLA football fans, and that was in the 90s, and they hadn't won a national title in 40 years. It was still okay. Back in the 80s, 30 years. Still okay. Uh, it doesn't – national title, stupid. The idea of a national title is stupid. Uh, it's college football. It's always been stupid. Uh, that's why there's a bunch of split titles. UCLA's only title is a split title. Uh, because the idea that you can crown a winner when there are 12 regular season games and there are 130 damn teams is stupid. The playoff is stupid. The whole idea is stupid. No, you want to win your conference. You want to win the Big Ten. And is that possible in the next 32 years? Absolutely. Um, I'm always going to be bullish on UCLA football's potential. I'm always going to be bullish on the idea that UCLA football can be good with the right set of leaders because there are a lot of natural advantages to UCLA that still exist. Among them, the potential of this donor base. Do you know how many friggin' billionaires UCLA has produced? All it takes is the right development, the right uh, uh, fundraisers, the right people in charge who are going to have some vision for this thing where it's not just glad handing the same old people, but you are making inroads over a five to 10 year timeline where you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to talk to this guy. He's worth $8 billion and I'm not going to get the money right now, but I'm going to talk to him 
And then I'm gonna talk to him again in a couple of months. Then I'm gonna talk to him again a few weeks after that. Then I'm gonna get dinner with him and his wife. Then I'm gonna send them a Christmas card. Then I'm gonna do this. Then I'm gonna do that. Then I'm gonna do that. And in five years, I'm going to get a $100,000 gift. And I'm gonna say, it's gonna go to this. And you're gonna see this kid and he's gonna perform and we're gonna get you out to games and you're gonna watch it. And then five years after that, I'm gonna get him to build us a building or I'm gonna get him to give us $10 million or whatever. But that's the kind of stuff that needs to happen in development because some of these guys who have billions of dollars don't know what a football looks like and you got to educate them. You can't just give it up as like, oh, we're not going to do that uh, because they don't, they're not going to give us the quick money. You got to have somebody with vision, somebody who wants to be here, somebody who is going to do that stuff where it's like, I'm going to build the best fundraising apparatus because that is possible at UCLA. It is. There are so many wealthy people who have come out of this school. There are actors, there are famous athletes, but there are also just business people who are insanely wealthy. I mean, the engineering school, Henry Samueli, him and his business partner are both UCLA guys. Uh, and they, they donate a ton of money to the university. And I don't know if they've ever attended a UCLA football game. And it doesn't really matter. They're associated with the school. And if the right pitch is made to them, $10 million to them is nothing. And it is everything to a, to a, to a potential UCLA football program that is winning at the highest level. And the marketing explanation that I made up top, that can be made in a much more nuanced and smart way that can say this will accentuate the brand of our university at such a high level that you can't even imagine. Instead of getting 110,000 applications every year, we're going to get 250,000. And it's going to be the most selective group of people that we bring in. We are going to have the smartest students. We're going to have the best professors. We're going to have all of it thanks to your donation, which is going to fund this football program, which is like running our flag up a pole that is absolutely the best forward-facing uh, option for showing off everything that UCLA brings to the table. All of that is possible. All of that can happen. Just need the right set of leaders. Uh, Putt Fordo. Is there a good alcohol to mix with the eggnog? <laughs> or should I continue to have eggnog on the side? I'm not an eggnog guy. I think I've had one glass of eggnog in my life. So I am not the guy to ask. Pour some vodka in it. It'll be fine. I am Warm Holio Q. When will you, bro, POC, start a Patreon? I want to give you money. I can never catch the YouTube streams live to donate via Super Chat. Anyways, UNTP and even Trojan Ryan are fun to listen to and worth more than my bro subscription. So in the spirit of the holidays, let us give you money. That is very, very nice of you. That is a very sweet thing to say. I'm uncomfortable asking people for money. Um, it's, you know, I, I, I'm just... You know, I've got a I've got a, a a poor Irish sensibility here, um, where it's just like I don't I don't want to ask anybody for money. I don't want to have to ask for anything like that ever. It's I'm very uncomfortable with the idea. So that's part of it. Uh, the other part of it is um, the broadcast is part of your bro subscription. So that's a different deal, and that's not something I think would be. I think that would be uncouth. Uh, the POC is a little bit different. That's just something we're doing extra for kind of fun. Um, and we thought about it. The The thing is, like for me, um, we could do it as like a tip jar thing, but I would feel like if we're doing that, I would want to offer something extra. Um, and it's a time. It's a time suck. I got two young kids. Um, I don't even that young anymore. I just say that. It's just the thing people say. They're like seven and ten. That's youngish, but they're, you know, middle-aged children. Um, but I've got two kids. I got things I need to do. And like trying to coordinate that with Ryan to do two of those every week was really, really hard this season during football. Um, and doing that regularly so that we're like giving something to Patreon subscribers to make it worth it. Uh, 
I don't know. Maybe we can do a tip jar version of something like that. But I just, you know, it's just, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm weird. It's just a little yucky for me. Um, warm milk. One. Is there any sign or noise that Mick is at risk of damaging his reputation among Southern California coaches and players and will have a difficult time recruiting SoCal like later years Howland? No, not really. So I think um, there's a couple situations like, uh, well, I don't think there's really any situations where it's about him rubbing people wrong. Mick's a highly social guy. What I was going to say is there's a couple situations where they've lost out on Southern California guys, Dusty Stromer going to Gonzaga, but I, I think these are one-offs. Um, I think the main thing is Mick is difficult to play for. Uh, he's a, uh, a hard-nosed coach. Uh, he's a yeller. Uh, and he's going to force you to do things that are hard and that you don't really like. And it's easier to go play for other guys. And that self-selection thing is real. I know people look at it as like a poo-poo, like, oh, you know, it's just an explanation for when he misses on a guy. But it is true. Like, if you look at Mick Cronin's program, you're like, that's not for me. That's That's – that's you're telling you're you're saying that and uh, uh, that's fine. I mean, a lot of guys, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play for Mick. Um, I don't want to get yelled at. Uh, but some guys, it's like you know they grow up used to that and then they get better under him. He's a great developer of talent, uh, and they produce good basketball teams that uh, get you ready for the NBA. So all of that being said. He's a really, really social guy. Mick is friends with like a million different people in the SoCal scene. Uh, so I don't, this isn't, this isn't a real thing. Uh, two, in addition to all the other above Chip questions, has Chip done any sort of 180 to get his act together now that he's under way more pressure? Is he recruiting harder? Is he working donors harder, etc.? Not as far as I know. Three, what's your favorite part of bro, your job? And what's your least favorite part of bro, your job? And what's something unexpected about bro, your job, people might not know, but would find interesting? God, great question. Um... I love this question because it gets me to think positively about things. My favorite part of uh, bro uh, and doing my job is, um, well, let me just put all cards on the table. I am crazy, like you, and my insanity is focused on uh, obsessing about UCLA football and men's basketball, like you, and I get paid to do it. So that's a favorite part right there. I'm getting paid to do my hobby, um, which is very cool. Now, some of it is work. Like I got to write about it instead of just bitching about it to a friend. But I get to write about it. And like as far as jobs go, I've had a lot of jobs in my life. This is the best one. Uh, and then uh, there's, I mean, there's there's a lot of pieces of it that are like really cool. But like, I mean, from a writing standpoint, so like I. I would call myself primarily a writer, um, and writing is anyone out there who has to do it for a living. Um, it's painful. Uh, it's uh, irritating. It is a struggle a lot of times. And a lot of it, when you're, it's not creative writing. A lot of this is uh, formula. It is putting, just, just churning stuff out. Um, and there's a drudgery to it, but... And this is this is the part that's favorite is you know occasionally one in every ten or fifteen things you write, you write something that really sings and it's not necessarily the whole thing but you write like a paragraph and you're like that that's that's good that's really good, um, and the satisfaction that I get from that, uh, it's it's hard to even describe. It's like oh yeah yeah okay I did something really good and I'll know it a lot of times when I write it. 
and then it'll get, you know, and this is just ego stroking, but then somebody says something like, oh man, that's really good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, but that just feels really good. Um, and so from an ego stroking standpoint, that helps. Um, but like from a, from a, just a job itself standpoint, my favorite part is probably the podcasting. Um, and the reason is, I mean, first it's, um, it's easier for me. Like writing is hard. Uh, writing something coherent is hard. I do it fast, but it's still hard. Like I have to think, I have to really give it some thought. Um, and it's, it's not conversational. It is unilateral. And so you don't know. Sometimes you say things and you're like, eh, is that true? Is that right? Is that correct? Because um, you're not bouncing it off anybody. You're just putting it out there. And it's very, um, it's talking at people. Uh, a podcast, most of the time, obviously this one is solo, but most of the time you're talking to another person. And so you're, 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 your thought about a thing gets diverted or channeled or changed in some way and you have to think a new way and you have to think a new thing and you gotta you you know the the best one is when you're like conversing about a thing and you're not just doing call and response and saying your piece and they say your piece and that kind of stuff um and a podcast then you you come up with new ideas or you think about a new way of thinking about it because somebody is bouncing back your thought at you um and so that's that's my favorite thing to do. Um, that's why I do a few of them. Uh, and then what's your least favorite part of bro, your job? Um, I mean, it's a job. So there's like, uh, I would say during November when it's the overlap between football and basketball, it's hard. It's a lot of time. Um, and I would say just generally speaking, during football season, and look, again, I know my job is is what it is. It's pretty easy. Um, but from basically the beginning of August until end of December, there aren't really any days off. Um, it's every day you got to do at least a little something. And that might not sound like much because no day, like there's, there's days where I have to work a lot, a lot, but like most days it's like, okay, I did like, you know, six hours of concerted work, but like, you know, even on a Sunday, I'm doing a little bit. On a Saturday, I'm doing, obviously, a lot. Um, and it can wear on you a little bit over time, where it's just like, ah, I can't, can't break away from this. Um, so there's that. Uh, and then from, like, a functional standpoint, my least favorite thing to do is one-on-one -on -one interviews. Because um, I get uh, – so I'm, I'm – all appearances to the contrary, I am very concerned with doing a good job. I don't like doing a bad job. And so with one-on-one -on -one interviews, I uh, try to prepare. I try to write out some questions before I end. Try to get an idea in my head of what the script will be. And uh, not to say I'm scripting it, but like, what's the likely answer to this? How will I, you know, go from that? And all that kind of stuff. But also building in the idea that like, if something novel and interesting is said, okay, build on that. Um, but like have some avenues, do a little bit of research on the guy I'm talking to, all that kind of stuff. Um, and... You know, I've gotten better at it. Uh, I still don't think it's a strength of mine. And uh, early on, uh, when I was doing a lot of interviews with recruits where I would, like, hold up the camera and ask them questions behind the camera, uh, I always hated them. I hated those interviews because, like, I'd prepare and I'd ask some questions, but, like, a lot of times, the, the and they're 16-year-old kids, 17-year-old kids, they wouldn't be very good at answering the questions and it would leave this kind of stilted and awkward interview, um, which... 
like in no way was my fault, but also I was like beating myself up over these things because I was like, but I want to, this should be better. I should be able to make this better. And in some way I wasn't able to, but I, I still get, um, I still get nervous about those because I want them to be good. I want them to be, and I, I want the other person to, you know, feel good too. Like, okay, I, I, I gave some good answers there. And I feel like if, if it's boring or if that person's not giving good answers or if it's awkward and stilted, it's my fault. Um, and I think that still happens occasionally. Um, so, you know, not to go too inside baseball, but that's probably the least favorite part. And what's something unexpected about bro, your job, people might not know, but would find interesting. Um, I've just known a lot of these people a long time. Like, Basketball SID, I've known since I was the Daily Bruin, and he's my age. But, like, he started basically at the basketball SID office in uh, – he started in at baseball in, like, 2005. And I was starting – I was covering baseball for the Daily Bruin then. Um, but, like, there's just – I've known a lot of these people for an exceptionally long time. And a lot of people at UCLA have been there for a long time. And there's a lot of really good people there who I like a lot. Um, and it's, you know, not some monolith. Um, I get a lot less shit for the things I say than you would think, um, from so many different people. Um, you know, I, I I think there's just, um, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know if any of that's unexpected. Um, I don't know if there's anything really unexpected about my job. I get to do most of my work from home, which is nice. Um, you know, it's going up to UCLA for practices and availabilities and that sort of stuff. But I get to do most of my work from home. Um, but I don't know. It's a job. Uh, there's there's fun parts of it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. This would be easier if you asked a specific question. But I don't know. I, it's hard to know what's unexpected from for people. Virginia Bruin, what do you hear about how aggressively UCLA is pursuing quarterbacks in the portal? If you were Chip, would you bother looking at quarterbacks given that you could end up running Garbers off and you're unlikely to be able to afford a clear upgrade? I don't know how aggressively, and uh, I think I answered the, the second part earlier. Bruins 310, why does UCLA hate football? I think I answered that earlier. Uh, Tony Bruin, what is the current mood of the players, notwithstanding the fire chip narrative and departure of Lynn to USC as the new DC? Do you feel the majority of players still believe in chip's culture and development program, notwithstanding mediocre results? Expectations on the field. Look, players are a different beast than fans, so I don't, they're not getting caught up in a lot of this stuff. I know during the season, a lot of them, there was, there was some consternation with Chip Kelly, and I'm not going to name names, but there was some stuff midseason that was not great. Um, but I don't think there's like a big cultural problem. Um, I just, people don't like to lose. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the current mood I think is okay, but I don't think it's like everyone's, you know, gung ho, yada, yada, yada. And I don't, Chip's not like a lovable guy. I don't think he's like, um, one of those guys who like these guys are going to talk about 30 years from now is, oh, my beloved coach, Chip Kelly. I think he runs a professional program. And uh, some guys are, you know, big on that and some guys aren't. Um, and so I, I think, you know, I, I think a lot of players have gotten better under Chip Kelly. So I think there's some belief and like proof in the pudding. But I don't know if there's a, you know, these are dedicated warriors for Chip or something. Uh, Flem 55. One, are you saying that you, quote, read the room to do the mailbag? Exactly. Um, also, like, come on. I, 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 the, the side note, but... 
the PR management here is still just driving me crazy. And I just have to note this. Like, okay, you're running your victory lap after USC. You can't post that. Because you you then lose to Cal, and then that is the phrase that's just going to be thrown at you for months and months afterwards. Never try to dunk on your fans, ever. It's a bad idea. It's such a bad idea. Um, anyway. Uh, two, famous uh, favorite Christmas gift ever given or received. I don't know about received. I'm, I'm bad at remembering anything I got. I'm like, I don't. I'm an adult now, so I don't get Christmas gifts. Um, but given last year, I got my girls bikes. Um, I'd been very, very remiss in uh, teaching them how to ride bikes. Um, and then I was like, no, we're finally doing it. Got them bikes. We went out Christmas morning and rode their bikes. And it was uh, just one of those cool parenting moments where it's like, I got you this thing. And now you're going to learn how to do it. And then they learned and they've been bike riding fools since. And it was just, uh, it was very nice. Like just kind of a, you know, cause there's, there's so many mo- moments in parenting that's just frustrating and, you know, unendingly so like, it's just, you know, kids are, they're learning humans and they don't know a lot. And, you know, you could unkindly say they're just kind of stupid and incompetent and ignorant. Um, uh, and all of that is true, but they're, you know, they're learning. Uh, but then moments where it's like satisfying and gratifying and you're like, oh, wow, this is this is the cool part about being a parent. Uh, that was what that was. So that was nice. OK, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road with available H-Track all wheel drive and three row seating. My whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Bruin Baller 925. Will Jerry become the quarterback's coach now that Gunderson is gone? I don't know. Uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt the possibility, but I don't know that any of that conversation has happened yet. Uh, Bruin 2000, 2010, has the whale NIL money used on Dante Moore vanished? Will it be deployed for next season's team or gone for good? So my understanding of that NIL money is it was essentially coming in installments. So I don't get the sense that there's like a coffer full of Dante Moore money that can just be thrown anywhere else. But those donors still exist. So I I don't know the dynamic. I think that money can still be had, but I think it might require a new pitch. Like it's not going to be for Dante Moore now. It might be for X, Y, or Z um, is my understanding of the situation. But I could be wrong. That was just my understanding based on what I learned a while ago about it. 
WW Bruin, Dante's interceptions and pick sixes were each very demoralizing given the game situations when he threw them. Did the choice of Dante as a starter, Chip sticking with him through the stretch of errors in key games, combined with Dante's NIL that was so out of proportion to others in the program cause dissension on the team? Did it create a breach of trust between the team and Chip as a decision maker? In the limited scope we have as fans, I did not see or hear anything that gives rise to the question about the team dynamics, but I sure felt it and think it would be a reasonable reaction for players on the team. Thank you. Can I just give you a yes without any additional details? Because I think that would be preferred at this time, and I will just say yes. Uh, nineteen five four oh nine Bruin. If you could be a glutton for anything besides punishment, what would it be? A glutton for good choices. A glutton for working out. A glutton for eating healthy foods. A glutton for making excellent mental health decisions. Uh, but the thing is, nobody's a glutton for anything good. They're gluttons for bad things. They're gluttons for punishment. They're gluttons for alcohol. They're gluttons for bad food. They're gluttons for unhealthy things. But I would be a glutton for healthy things. Healthy choices and healthy things. That would be delightful. Sin City Bruin is Martin Jarman operating out of fear, ignorance, or just kicking the can, hoping to not piss anyone off so he can find a nice, mid, nice Midwest job. I don't know. I, I don't want to get into like analyzing motivation and all that kind of stuff. I just don't think, again, me just judging job performance, I don't think he's doing his job correctly. And, and that is my opinion of the job performance, which is I right now was the time to fire your head coach or explain it a lot better than he has. And he's not done either one of those. Iron Len, uh, how certain are you that a year from now you still is either looking for or has a new coach? 80%. Bruin 99, if one was interested in reading a room, what would be the best way to go about doing so? Uh... Read our message board, uh, look at the fans in the stands, and uh, read your Twitter mentions. Bruin Michael C., there's a lot of doom and gloom on the board. Sort of a UCLA will never be good again ever doomerism. So my question, how bad, how dead were Texas and Michigan before their current coaches were hired? Seems like I remember both sucking for most of the 2010s. Same for Alabama pre-Saban and USC before Lincoln Riley. What do you think of these analogies? Where can UCLA fans take hope and step off the ledge? And where do the analogies not hold, especially Michigan and Texas? Um... First, I, I don't like analogies generally, so I'm, uh, I don't want to dismiss the question, uh, but you should always be relatively bullish on UCLA's potential because uh, it really, it, there, there's still all the things that we've always held true are still there. And what I said earlier about how many freaking billionaires the school has produced is also true. So it, it, the, the potential is always there. Uh, the difference with those three schools is that they've always been more committed to major college football than UCLA, even during their doldrums. Um, they've got a booster apparatus. They've got an administrative apparatus. That's just more committed. Um, but that's not to say UCLA can't be or couldn't be in the near future. I think it just takes a mindset shift and a leadership change. And uh, those are always just those are always just on the horizon. They could always happen. Uh, BBB 888-1919. One, any new insight on new hires? Any insight on new hires or names that could be coming into staff next year? Uh, DC, tight end coach, uh, quarterbacks coach. Uh, So as of right now, um, no. They haven't started any of the DC hire stuff. Uh, It sounds like Ken Neomatololo is handling tight ends going into the bowl game. I saw a report on Football Scoop that he might get that long-term I don't know if that's just them misunderstanding the circumstance because they also said the bowl game was a few weeks away and it's tomorrow. Um, So we won't know, I think, any more on this stuff until after the bowl game because I really don't think a whole lot of it has been done. Two, if you could have it your way, what would your dream staff hires be across each position? Who do you think is the Mick Cronin of football in today's world that we could go after? 
Um, that's not a good question for me. Um, I don't know national assistance all that well. Um, so I don't, I don't have a great answer for you. Um, as for the Mick Cronin of football in today's world that, that UCLA could go after, um, you got to think about it this way. It wouldn't be somebody I'd be excited about because I wasn't excited about Mick Cronin. So I don't know. Iowa state head coach. What's his name? Matt Campbell. Yeah. Him. That's probably the Mick Cronin-esque hire that UCLA could make, where I think it would be like everyone would be like, oh, they just had a down year, meh, and then he comes in and kills it. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if like that's the guy. Uh, thank you both for the work you do. Best in the business. Go Bruins. Uh, Bolter05, what are the chances Cronin leaves in the next two years because of dissatisfaction, and what would the dissatisfaction be about? A, Chancellor support. B, admission. C, AD support. D, NIL support. E, something else. Uh, I'd put it very, very slim. Uh, I know that always gets talked about and I think, you know, Cronin's, you know, one of those pissed off for greatness guys. who I think will get angry about X or Y or Z or whatever it is. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, he's got a really good situation here. He values the UCLA brand. The UCLA brand has been good to him. Uh, he's had his best seasons as a, as a head coach at UCLA, uh, and I don't think any of that is lost on him. I think he likes being in L.A. I think there's a lot of factors that would make this uh, something he'd want to stick doing. Uh, but that's not to say it couldn't happen that, you know, he gets pissed off enough that he's like, wow, I'm, I'm moving on. But I, I, I would still just analyzing the dynamics there, I would say unlikely. Uh, bread and butters. Is Chip Kelly more like a computer virus or ransomware? Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know the difference that well. I'd probably go ransomware. Keylime503, what happened this year with Sturdivant and Ford? How did two high-profile wide receivers completely disappear this year? Uh, a few different things went on. I would say just dynamics on the field. Uh, UCLA couldn't pass protect, uh, so it's hard to take advantage of outside receivers. Um, and uh, maybe they started to get a little bit more disgruntled as the season went along because they weren't being targeted. And uh, then they started to run, you know, weaker routes and uh increasingly they started targeting the slot receiver logan Loya. um so i i think it mostly had to do with pass protection and then quarterbacks unable or unwilling to hit them on the outside juan alvarez 16 dave what kind of support does ucla get from former nfl and nba players when it comes to nil how would you compare it to other west coast programs um okay i don't the the second part i don't really know um first part not much but um uh, uh that's another area where I think uh, UCLA can continue to push uh, for more. Uh, best in the West, twelve, twelve. Because again, there's a lot of, a lot of them. Um, but I think most of the support should come from people who didn't play. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there who you can get a million bucks from who wouldn't even notice it if you took it away from them. Uh, best in the West, twelve, twelve. Uh, scenario: UCLA fires Chip in 2024 and hits a home run with the head coaching hire. How long does it take to get the program back to competing for conference titles? We're assuming UCLA's NIL is relatively competitive in this scenario. Um, so, the talent will probably be pretty down. Not like Durrell, end of Durrell down, but pretty down. Uh, let's call it two to three years would take uh, to get it back to competing uh, if it's the right coach with the right money in place. Because uh, you wouldn't want to do it too quickly. I don't think there is a way to do it too quickly to get back from 
like having a bad program to you know be in well, not even a bad program having a mediocre average program that's like built on average <coughs> excuse me um to then uh competing for conference titles uh you want to build a little bit you want to have some development going on you don't want like a quick fix scheme like all that kind of stuff so i think two to three years uh bruins for life if you were in vegas or if you were vegas what are the odds you're putting that UCLA basketball gets into the tourneys? What is your bet on seed? I'd put the first at 50-50. Um, and then, I don't know, 8-9. Uh, Ras- Raxig. Is it premature to do a hot board for the 2025 UCLA football head coach? Yes. Astro Smash, I challenge you to deliver a rant about the current state of UCLA football with as many words as you can fit in a single breath, ideally with expletives. As you can hear, I'm like a little tired. Um, and I already kind of did. I would just say, like, uh, speaking as somebody covering it, it's it's frustrating. Speaking as a fan, it's extremely annoying. Speaking as an alum, I'm very disappointed um, in the decisions being made. Uh, I think it's, um, I think it's a lack of understanding about the important. And like, this isn't just me being like, oh, I want UCLA football to win a national title. I don't. I don't care. Um, but it's just. This isn't excellence. This isn't an attempt to be optimistic. This isn't uh, this isn't any of the brand values of UCLA. This is turtling. This is cowardice. This is meh. I mean, this is just uh, a, 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 a basically just moving away from your responsibilities, uh, saying, um, passing the buck, I'm not doing this. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, I just find it um, really, really disheartening and bleak. Um, and... It doesn't need to ever feel like this, and I don't know why they're choosing to do this. Like I, I know I've provided my uh, rationale and explanation, but like I, I fundamentally like, like Tracy offered the point that like oh they're making a conscious decision to do this. Okay, let's posit that's true. Uh, why? Like oh, uh, you want to be an Ivy League, Ivy League uh, athletic institution? Okay, why? That's stupid. That's a stupid idea. That's a stupid person's idea. Don't do that. That's dumb. Um, and that's the part where, like, I'm I'm rejecting not just uh, the premise, but I'm rejecting, like, their whole worldview. Like, it's... Um, I'm deeply confused about it. Like, I think even academics should be on board with the idea that you need a uh, proper athletic program to to be the 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 better university that you can be, um, and it's just I'm uh, I'm I'm very confused, pretty disheartened, and uh, also I just I, I'm struck again by like as you get older, um, you a lot of things you had faith in as institutions, uh, you, you start to realize that the same idiots you work with, the same idiots that you walk around with in your everyday life, the same idiots who are your friends, uh, and I love all of these people, and I am one of those idiots, but they're also the ones running these institutions, and um, they're doing stupid things uh, for stupid reasons. And that's the part that is hard to handle when it's something you care about, when it's something that matters to you. Uh, and I think for this, you know, UCLA as an institution matters to me, like, and the athletics matter to me, but like also just it being run in a way that's not embarrassing is ma- that matters to me. Uh, and right now it's embarrassing, like, and that's, that's unfortunate. Um, 
and uh, it doesn't need to be this way. Uh, Johnny98, ask this to you and Ryan on the POC, but need to know how uh, this would play out between you and Tracy. Who would win in an Olympics made of ping pong, pool, darts, cornhole, etc.? Mm, great question. I think I would beat Tracy in ping pong. Uh, and I think I would have a good chance in cornhole. He's a lefty, so I have a feeling he's pretty good at darts. And I would also bet on him in pool. I'm like a decent pool player, but I'm not like... I played a lot of pool in college, but I haven't played a lot since. I play a decent amount of ping pong. Like, I probably I probably get out and I'm playing, like, with family, you know, uh, two or three times a year where we're playing, like, pretty much all day in intermittent points. Uh, so, uh, and I'm pretty good. Um, so, I'd say ping pong and cornhole, I pro- probably have a good chance. I'd say pool and darts are probably Tracy's. Uh, also, if Chip Kelly, Jim Mora, Rick Neuizel, and Carl Durrell were all fast food restaurants, what would they? What restaurant would they be? Mm. Carl Durrell feels like an Arby's guy. I don't know why. He just does. Uh, Rick Neuizel. When I think about Rick Neuizel, I think... What do I think? I think something light, but... Not very good. Something. Let's go Subway for Rick Neuheisel. Um, Jim Mora. Uh, something that used to be better but is no longer. Uh, we'll go with The Habit. Uh, Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. Also best years behind him. Uh, innovative at one time. Obvious. Chipotle. It's even got Chip in the title. There you go. Uh, Winston, 53. Was starting Dante more Chip's decision, or was it the Wales and or administration who pushed it? Chip, it was Chip's decision. Uh, you guys had reported that Garbs was superior through both spring and fall camps, yet at some point you reported that Dante was definitely going to start. Is it possible that Chip was given another year because more was pushed on him? The year may have been very different if Garbs was a starter all year. No, no, that had nothing to do with it. But uh, I think it was just decision, and I think it was really the decision in that opening game uh, where Dante significantly outplayed Ethan. Uh, Brew in 2012, have you or Tracy received much grief for inaccurate reporting, clickbait statements? No, uh, I, I haven't. I don't think Tracy has. I think the only thing was that uh, very insulting thing that Martin Jarman said to Bruce Feldman. Uh, CFB Truth, what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Uh, very good. Uh, Bruin Brian 44, what exactly is Chip's problem with pushing hard in high school recruiting? Has to be more than laziness, as many like to say. Why? I, let me push that back on you. Why does it have to be more than that? Because, again, there's explanations and there's rationale and there's two different things. My explanation for it is it's a non-preferred activity, so he doesn't want to do it. That's, as far as I know, that's just true. The rationale is, oh, we've got this, you know, we've got a different system. We want to do this. We want to we want to target guys who have the right measurables. And, uh, and you know, we want to get finished products in the transfer portal and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's all, uh, not, to, not to put too fine a point on it, but that's all BS. Uh, nobody builds a, a, an elite college football program or a very good college football program by eschewing high school football recruiting. You just don't. And they, 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 they haven't done it. And he wasn't a big recruiter at Oregon either. He had a great recruiting apparatus there. UCLA doesn't have the same recruiting apparatus. And Chip is the one responsible for setting all this up. So uh, guys who were otherwise very good recruiters at other institutions come to UCLA and they're not. 
a lot of times. Um, and I think it's just, uh, it's a non-preferred activity for Chip. That's it. Jack Fernan, 07. Hey, Dave. Uh, one, where would you and Tracy rank the UCLA job right now, honestly? Um, I think the right coach can see the potential. I still think there's top 30, top 25-ish. Uh, but it has taken a hit. I mean, I don't think you can't, you can't hand wave away the Chip Kelly era in the last nine years and just say, oh, yeah, it's all there. Because um, the next coach has to come in and build a lot. They got to build a lot of new things. They got to build an NIL apparatus. They got to do all this stuff. And I think the right guy will see that and say, you know, there's a lot of potential there if we can do this right. But it's going to take somebody who's got some vision, uh, somebody who's got some understanding of what that will entail. Uh, two, right now, if we got a football coach who cares, what is UCLA ceiling? What it's always been. It's it's. I mean, it's a it's a potential top 15, top 10 job. Like it really is. And I, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it, it, it is with the right guy, but you know, they've had the, in the last 25 years, they've had the right guy for like three seasons. Um, and that was Jim Mora before he went crazy. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna take, uh, some innovation. It's gonna take some leadership. Uh, three, what does UCLA need to do to compete and win a national title in football in the new 12-team playoff era? Is it possible the chancellor is all in in football? If not, what needs to change? Again, I reject the premise. I reject the question. Let's not focus on national titles. Conference titles. The rest will take care of itself or it won't, but it doesn't matter. You just want to be winning things. You just want to have successful and winning seasons where you feel good about your team afterwards. You want to go 10-2 and two in the regular season because that's possible. Uh, and, uh, that's the sort of thing that I think UCLA should be shooting for. A national title is a fake thing. It's fake. It's bullshit. doesn't matter. Um, so I want everyone to kind of, um, uh, maybe I'm just trying to preach, uh, because I think the playoff is stupid. I think 12 team playoff is even dumber. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think if they win conference titles, if they compete for conference titles, they will make the playoff and maybe win it eventually. Um, but I think all of that is possible with a chancellor who's all in on football. All of it is possible with a change in leadership. Jiguckman, uh, what is the source of friction between Martin Jarmond and Mick Cronin? I don't know that there is any existing friction between Jarmond and Cronin. I know they had uh, a couple of issues um, earlier on, but I don't know that there's existing friction. Uh, 17 Bruin, and that's where I will leave that. Uh, 17 Bruin, what number do you believe the odds makers will put UCLA's over-under for wins next year? Early prediction, of course, is the transfer portal is ongoing. I'd say five and a, five and a half, maybe five. Uh, Pac-10 rules. One, what dorm were you in during your freshman year at UCLA? Trick question. I wasn't in a dorm. I commuted my freshman year, and then I was in Hedrick, Hedrick 7 South penthouse, uh, sophomore year, and then I was in Sproul my junior year, and then I was in the apartments my fourth and my victory lap. Uh, two, what was your favorite Westwood eatery during your time at UCLA? I really liked Sacco's Subs, which no longer exists. It was only there for a short time. It was basically like a knockoff Jimmy John's. Uh, I also enjoyed Seppi's, not for the food, uh, but for the quarter pint night. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, variety of different places. I tried pretty much everything in Westwood at different points. Um, and they were changing a lot all the time. But, um, you know, I, I soon after college, I used to go to BJ's a lot because they had a sandwich I really liked, um, which was my reason. But in reality, it was because during Laker games, they used to... Um, give you quarter beers, which was incredible. Uh, maybe I had a drinking problem. 
Maybe. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, there were lots of good places. Uh, three, if UCLA had an on-campus football stadium, would you attend more games than you have, have over the last five years? Probably. Uh, it'd be easier to get to. Um, but like a big, I joke about this. A big reason I don't go to the games is because it's a lot easier to do the things I have to do from home. Like I have to record a podcast and I have to write really quickly after the game. And frankly, the view I get from the TV feed is a lot better than the view you get at the game. It just is. Um, and uh, so, yeah, my my preference is to stay home because it's easier to do my job. Uh, Dr. Spiceman, what will you miss most about the Pac-12? In and out the Habit, Fatburger? Oh, sorry. What will you miss most about the Pac-12? Um, games I care about. Uh, I, I, I've been kind of a naysayer about the whole move, but, like, I don't care about Iowa football. I don't care about Indiana. And, like, watching Washington, Indiana is going to hold no value for me. And, like, I watching Washington, Oregon State, I'm like, God, oh, this is a game. Wow, this is great. I love watching this. I like the narratives of whenever Oregon and Washington travel to Arizona or Arizona State, they're going to lose their ass because it's hard. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to miss these things. And I think a lot of people are going to come to miss them uh, who've been otherwise championing this move. Um, I'm going to miss a ton about the Pac-12. Uh, I think regional conferences uh, always made more sense. In and out the habit or fat burger or other. Um, I'm going to go other. I'm a big Five Guys fan these days. I know it's like a $17 burger or whatever the hell it is, but it's uh, a lot better than those three. Um, I think probably, uh, and this might just be me being contrarian, but I'd probably go of those three. The habit I've been really dissatisfied with lately, I used to be a major, major honk, but I don't think it's as good anymore. I'd probably go Fat Burger, In and Out, The Habit, uh, in that order. Uh, 1994 Bruin, uh, one, would like to get some insight on the Murphy Twins plans. They will be key next year after Latu leaves. I think they will be very solid, but they will need some decent NIL to stay. If you had to guess, do you think they are going to leave via the NFL, NFL draft, leave for NIL, or stay? Um, right now... I would probably lean slightly towards the NFL, but I don't think anything's been decided. Um, and I, I, I think if they don't leave for the NFL, I think they're going to stick around. But um, lots still to be playing out there. Uh, two, if they are gone, I hope not. Who would be the next guys up? Uh, uh, that's that's a that's a portal issue. Uh, I don't think there's anyone on on the roster who's really going to fill those shoes. Uh, three, what do you think of Drevno's performance this year? Is he possibly on the hot seat? I don't think offensive line development has been good at all. Um, I don't know about hot seats. Four, preseason, the bro staff was fairly high on Kunta, Wiley, and Holstage. Overly optimistic or poor development or um, potentially overly optimistic. Um, I think we all saw those are three starters at other programs. They'll come in and be able to start. Uh, I think Wiley... I'll take, you know, I'll take the lumps for us on that one. Uh, I think we were expecting he moves on from Colorado and, uh, you know, relative performance may improve because he's surrounded by better players, and that really didn't happen. He was uh, snap for snap probably their worst playing offensive lineman this year. Kunta, I'm not sure even that we were wrong or what the deal was there because when he played, I thought he was better than Fina. So I don't, I don't really know. Uh, Holstage I thought was fine. So I, I I don't think there's any lumps to be taken there. Um, and then five, any feel for the morale of the team right now? The lack of effort during the Cal game was palpable. I was at the Rose Bowl for the game and was quite disappointed, but I expected more people to transfer out, to be honest. Maybe it's not as bad as we thought. So I'm, I, I, 
I, I know this like mass exodus narrative somehow got hold of the board and all that kind of stuff. Um, they've lost a lot of dudes. I, I, I'm, I guess I'm, I guess it's like contextual stuff where people are like, well, you know, Utah lost 12 guys or whatever it was. So UCLA only losing eight is not that big of a deal, but they lost, I mean, they lost their future star quarterback, Dante Moore. They lost a starting wide receiver. They lost a pseudo starting tight end. Uh, they lost their starting safety and arguably the best returning player on the defense next year. Uh, they lost another safety. Like they've lost some guys who would have mattered for next year, like significantly. So, so I don't, I don't know. I, I, I was personally never expecting 20 guys to transfer out. So I'm not, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe something was said that I don't, I, I, I wasn't on board for it, but, um, it's, uh, I, I don't think it's very good. I mean, I, I think the situation is not very good in terms of who left and, you know, how they left and all that kind of stuff. But uh, morale of the team, I think it's fine. I mean, I don't I, – again, I, I kind of answered that above. Uh, six, do you envision Ethan Garbers to be our starting quarterback next year? I would say yes, mostly, more than likely. Uh, seven, what was your favorite single UCLA football and basketball game of all time? Uh, basketball was Gonzaga. Uh, the first one, <laughs> not any of the recent ones. Uh, football, mm. thirteen to nine was so cool, so much fun. Uh, a couple of those Jim Mora wins over USC were a lot of fun. Uh, twenty twelve was a ton of fun. Twenty thirteen was even more. Doing that at the Coliseum was really cool. One of those three probably. Twenty thirteen, twenty twelve, or two thousand six uh, beating USC. Those were all really fun. Uh, eight favorite dessert. Mm. I'm a I'm a traditionalist. Just a very good chocolate chip cookie. Uh, th- the goat. One. Who are the two best teaching coaches on the staff? Uh, I think Ken Norton Jr. is one uh, for sure. I think he teaches linebacker technique uh, probably better than anybody. Um, trying to think of an offensive coach who I would pick for that. Um. That's harder. Uh, I think Deshaun Foster. There we go. Uh, I think he's a very good uh, running backs coach. Uh, two, how would you rate the current strength and conditioning staff versus the last two in terms of body transformation and preventable injuries, overuse, and lifting, not Achilles tears? I, I mean, from an injury perspective, I think UCLA has done a phenomenal job in strength and conditioning. I think um, – and I, I have no complaints with how they've done strength and conditioning, particularly this year. Um uh, and I, I think some of it was Danton Lynn's influence. I think he wanted his defensive players to be really flexible and uh, not be super massive. Um, but uh, it's, um, I think it's been at strength. Uh, three, who are the three best size speed guys in the program? Uh, I'm not sure uh, necessarily what you mean here. Like, is it a combination of size and speed? Because, um, I mean, Femi's a freak. Uh, I don't know how fast he is, but he's way faster than he should be for his size. Uh, J. Mike is a very, very fast guy for 6'3". Um, that's why he was like, we were like, man, that guy's like, I mean, we're not going to say the word, but it's like kind of Randy Mossy uh, with how he was moving um, in the in the spring period. Um, I'm trying to think anybody else who really stands out. Um those guys are the ones who like just look weird. Like watching Femi move the way he does at his size is is strange. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know. Uh, harder, harder to think off the top of my head. Uh, OC Bruin 93, who's your favorite podcast co-host? Wow. Brandon Huffman, Tracy Pearson, or that knob from uscfootball.com. This is like picking my kids. I can't do that. It's Tracy. He pays me the most money. Far point. Uh, one, will Coach Kelly be fired next year if he finishes below 500? Uh, I would have to think so, but stranger things have happened. Two, who do you think would be a good head coach for UCLA? Uh, like 75 people. Uh, Jerry, uh, and I, I don't mean to be facetious. Uh, there's a lot of people who could do well in this job. Uh, Jerry for UCLA. Do you think that UCLA will look at the NFL to fill the DC position or promote from within? Um, I think they're going to go national and look for somebody outside. I don't think promoting from within will be the answer. John the Bruin, can you specifically identify the steps in the recruiting process uh, Chip Kelly fails to succeed in? And as a follow-up, what is the difference between laziness and career suicide? Um, it's it's not even just like his own personal failure. I think from a strategic angle, they don't prioritize like the basic fundamentals of recruiting. They don't offer early. Um, they don't, and not even early, they don't offer anywhere near the same time that a lot of programs do. They don't offer enough guys. Um, and these things where people are like, oh, it's being selective. It's, um, I think an over, uh, it's actually a little bit of micromanagement from Chip Kelly where he has to sign off on offers and he doesn't trust his guys to go just make the offers and all that kind of stuff. It's like a very collaborative effort where he has to then like watch their film and sign off on it or see them in person. And that kind of stuff at the football for a football program is extremely hard on a recruiting staff because they want to be able to like go to a high school and say, Hey, that kid has an offer uh, because he's really good. I'm watching him right now. And that has value to guys, but there's a lot of it. I mean, just like, um, you know, amount of phone calls, amount of texts, amount of messages, like all that kind of stuff. UCLA is just not generally. And yes, you're going to find specific instances. And I know people love pointing them out when like some kid says, oh yeah, UCLA is among those recruiting me hardest. Yeah, that's great. Um, but there are staffs that are out there recruiting like 150 guys really hard. Um, and UCLA is not that. And uh, if they ever want to, under Chip Kelly, uh, be a going concern on a national level, they have to recruit harder. They just do. And I don't think they're going to, but um, it's, it, there's just, there, there's a lot of different steps in the process that they are not, um, not putting their best foot forward. All right. Uh, next up is from Anon1985216 underscore scout. Is the main reason why Chip still has his job because Drop Block does not want to hire the school highest played employee but prefers the new president to make that decision? Um, I, I kind of answered that already. Uh, deeper sleeper, Chip has never done an interview with the local media. He's never engaged with students. He never talks up the university. Why? Um, well, he does. I mean, he does the scrum interviews all the time. He hasn't done like a one-on-one -on -one with, I think, anybody in the local media. I don't know. I don't know. Again, that gets into like psychological stuff. Uh, he's just not... That's just not him. He doesn't do those things. I don't know why. Um, all right. Moving on to basketball. So that's the end of the football section. Now I will do the basketball one. It is less stuff. So hopefully we'll be getting out of here in the next 15 to 20 minutes. All right. This is from Thobbs. What 2025 guards do you think will commit with our loaded backcourt? Um, great question. Uh, I don't. No, at this point, uh, let's go through the prospect list. So I'm not missing anybody. Um, 
I mean, I think still Braden Burries is a chance. Elsie uh, Harrington, it sounds like uh, there's some uh, some extra stuff going on there that's going to cause that to maybe not happen. Uh, his dad uh, apparently is having some issues at UCLA. I don't, I didn't read about it, so I don't want to be flippant. Uh, but Braden Burries, I would say, makes sense. I don't really have a. I think it might still be a little early to have a good idea about the rest of this. Um, we'll probably try to do some sort of recruiting reset uh, sometime soon. Uh, Mozzie Mosley um, is the other uh, potential option. Um, but if you remember last cycle, when we were looking at it early, uh, things changed drastically by the end of the cycle. I wouldn't be surprised if something similar happens this year. Guys emerge, things change. So um, I would just kind of stay tuned. It's it's a little uh, hard to assess at this point, and I would just be kind of guessing. Um, all right. Uh, Alex M underscore scout in the event of a football coaching change, do you see UCLA's major donors okay with hiring a coordinator rather than sitting or former head coach? Yeah. Look, uh, so much of this is dependent on who makes the decision and how much of a subject matter expert they are willing to present themselves as, uh, donors shouldn't tell the AD who to ha- who to hire. Uh, nobody should be telling the AD who to hire. The AD should know who to hire. The AD should have a list. The AD should have trusted people that he's talking to. Uh, and it shouldn't just be the people with the money. A lot of people with money are stupid. I love you, people with money. You're great. We love you. Uh, but a lot of times it happens because they inherited wealth. That's great. We love inherited wealth. Uh, we don't. Uh, but um, you don't necessarily want to listen to them on hiring a, uh, a coach, even if they're smart, even if they're really smart, because they're smart in their field. But you know what this field is? This is football. Um, and the AD is hired to be the expert there. So the AD should be making the decision. The AD should know enough to know what's a good hire and what's a bad hire. That's it. That's all. That's my soliloquy. Uh, Che Guerrero, just give some kind of an update on the Chancellor and Condi Rice situation. If nothing has changed, that's okay. Just say so. Thanks. All right. I'll say uh, I don't don't know that anything has changed uh, there at all. Uh, Spam Lie or Spamly. Uh, some on the board speculated that the same AD dysfunction plaguing football could affect Mick Cronin. There was even mention of specific conflicts that had already caused tension, which I don't expect you to comment on. Simply put, how worried should we be? How is Mick feeling about his prospects to win big at UCLA? I answered that earlier, but uh, in case you're just chiming in for the basketball section, I don't think you should be very worried. I, I think, on balance, Mick Cronin is going to be pretty happy at UCLA. Like every coach ever, he has his frustrations with UCLA, but I don't my feeling on it is the advantages far outweigh the disadvantages. Um, and I think he would come to the same conclusion. Uh, 37 Bruins. What exactly are the dynamics between UCLA's AD to both football and basketball in general and specifically NIL? Uh, this is very, very general. So I don't, I, I feel like I've answered a, a decent amount in other respects. Um, so yeah, I don't, it's too general. You're asking me like, basically how does Martin Jarman, uh, handle his job? Uh, I don't know. Uh, 37 Bruins. What is your confidence level that this mixture of players will hit stride in time to build a resume strong enough come Selection Sunday? I think I said 50-50 earlier. Uh, 37 Bruins. If you have to ballpark it, what is UCLA's relative NIL ranking in basketball and football? Uh, Basketball, I'd say it's fringe top 25. Football, I would say it's middle of the pack. Uh, Bruin Michael C. Has bro ever considered a newsletter? Not saying I'd love to avoid the forum to get all the news, but I love newsletters. Um, we have a newsletter, but it's not really a newsletter. I I don't know. We could maybe do something. It's just more work. Um, second, let's play the over under game. Mick years at UCLA, 10 and a half. Uh, what's he at now? This is his fifth year. 
Um, seeing as no UCLA coach has lasted longer than 10 years uh, since John Wooden, John R. Wooden, I'm going to go under. Uh, Pac-12 Big Ten League champs in basketball by 2030, two and a half. Uh, well, counting from when? Uh, if we're counting last year, and it's just one and a half more than... Ye- oh, oh, you're probably just counting going forward. Uh, so that's in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. Under. Uh, years until football league title, 12 and a half over Mick Cronin, final four banners, three and a half. So they're at one and a half. They're at one right now, two and a half more. Uh, under. Years until UCLA hangs, final four banners, 25 and a half under. Number of repeat questions in this broadcast thread about Chip Kelly firing him, raging at UCLA admin at 28 and a half. Uh, I think the repeats have been lower than that, so we'll go under. Uh, Erki Corpa's uh, favorite uh, Chris Foster memory. Um, well, so uh, I'm trying to think what would be a really good one. Um, Chris was an interesting guy. Like I, I, I think it's it's hard to write about him um, because I want to get my tone of voice in here because Chris was a cantankerous, cynical, like, um, like I found him funny. I, I, I found him to be a pretty enjoyable guy to talk to. He rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, um, and it was uh, it was always interesting having him on the beat because he always had something he was like digging into or like. Uh, get a load of this and telling you something about um and it was oftentimes it was like a little bit of minutia and it's like wow i i didn't care about that at all um but it was uh you know he, he always he deeply deeply cared about like doing the job well as he understood it um and he dug into things and it was it was really uh it was a different feel than i've had from uh any beat writer since really um yeah, Chris uh, really uh, really cared about um, that aspect of the job. But like, as far as best memories, um, I mentioned this in my little post. But uh, we uh, so the Sun Bowl in El Paso. Uh, a lot of people knock El Paso, and for good reason. It's kind of a dumpy little town. But the people of El Paso and the people of that bowl committee really put on a a, a very good bowl, and they really take care of the media. And so this was back when I was on the beat. Chris was on the beat. Um, I think it was Jack Wang from the Daily News, Ryan Karchi from those who register, uh, Ed Lewis from Rivals, um, maybe some other people I'm forgetting. Um, but like we all came out to uh, El Paso for the game, and um, the media room was basically at the bottom of the. Uh, it was in the lobby of the, not in the lobby. It was in like one of the conference rooms of the. Uh, uh, the Fairfield Inn or whatever, and it was just uh, <laughs> those lovely people from the uh, uh, Sun Bowl uh, basically set it up where it was just like uh, the media could hang out there until 2 in the morning, and they provided complimentary uh, beer and wine, and uh, yeah, you could just hang out there and, and had such a great time, uh, and Chris hung out with all of us, and Chris was, I mean, he passed away um Earlier this week, he was 65, 
this was 10 years ago. So he was 55 and it was me. I was then 28. It was like Ryan and Jack who were like, uh, I don't know, 24, 25. And then some Daily Brewing guys. So Chris wasn't like mixing with us often. But he came down and he hung out, and we had a blast. Like, it was so much fun hanging out with Chris and uh, seeing him, you know, quote unquote, taking his hair down a little bit. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, and he was giving advice, and he was just, a, it was a roaring good time. And uh, yeah, he just, um, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's very, very sad. Uh, his, uh, you know, he he had a wife and a son. His son. Um, was on the is on the autism spectrum, so I can only imagine how difficult this is for him. Um, you know, my daughter's autistic, so I, I you know, I, I think about that often. Um, and so it's just, uh, yeah, very sad. But Chris um, was a was a was a good guy who who really cared about doing his job well. Um, and you know, he 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 was he was a cantankerous fellow. Um, John Gold had a nice little thread about him because they had a a very tough relationship um, because Chris, he, he was an ornery sort. And the thing is those, you know, that, that you, you make some, you make some enemies, but you make some, um, you, you make an impression. Um, and uh, I, uh, I never had that experience with Chris. I always found him to be a, a, a real helpful guy um, and enjoyable to be around. And uh, yeah, he'll be missed. Uh, John Mizur, uh, could it be the decision to keep chip was made by the chancellor overriding Jarmond and based on saving money answered that, uh, Ursign PPS, uh, true or false predictions, Dave, uh, one chip Kelly will be UCLA's football coach one year from today, December 15th. I'll go false. Uh, two Martin Jarman will be UCLA's AD three years from today. I will go false. Uh, and three Mick Cronin will be UCLA's coach five years from today. Well, that would put him in his 10th year, but we'll go true, right? Because that will put him in his 10th year, right? 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 Because I took the under on the 10 and a half, so I don't want to be inconsistent. Well, whatever it is, whichever one I said earlier, it's whatever that is, because I'm bad at math. Uh, true Blue Bruin, 24. What is your concern level of Mick Cronin leaving? Okay, I'm not reading that one again, because we've done this bunch. Lottery pick, how do Rod Palmer and Nate contribute on court and off? Uh, Nate's a good recruiter. Rod Palmer is a... Uh, coach on the floor he he's big assistant um he recruits as well um yeah uh they they both both do their jobs uh true blue bruin 24 since we haven't seen Jarmon make a football hire yet do you feel confident he would run a thorough search and go for the type of coach you want someone young energetic recruiter or would he fall for the easy hire likely to say yes take less money with ucla ties hire of coaches hires past uh, he's had a formula. He, he generally hires assistants from good programs, which as far as a model goes, I have no objection to. So I think he would probably do something similar. Uh, Church saying, has anyone on bro ever asked coach Cronin about the criticism of his use of the bench? Thank you. I'm sure we have, I'm sure, especially in that first year. Um, so yeah, I don't, uh, and oftentimes he'll, he, again, he's a very self-aware guy. He's very emotionally aware. Uh, he often, will lead off a press conference after he hasn't used the bench with something like, I need to get my guys in more or something like that. Um, so it tends to diffuse any such lines of questions, questioning. Uh, Mong to Bruin. I'm all for uh, Coach McCronin, but the scoring droughts, it's been an issue in past years and again this year. Is this owing to a systemic issue or flaw with uh, McCronin run offenses, just plain bad luck timing or something else? 
Um, smarter people than me would have to figure out whether it's due to a systemic issue or flaw. Um, they do happen somewhat frequently, but I will say some of it is very low possession games and those droughts happen for other teams, but they happen a little bit faster because, um, they're not, uh, running as slow down as UCLA is, especially in big games. So there's that. So there's a little bit of a, an appearance fallacy going on there, but there have been some big, big droughts. And uh, I think more of the issue is not necessarily a systemic issue. I think this would go back to the previous question where it's a usage of the bench, tired legs, all that kind of junk. Um, and uh, uh, some tightness that happens for his teams at times. Um, I think... There's a lot of really good... Look, every coach is going to have flaws. I think on balance, you take everything Mick Cronin does because he's been awesome. But it's not as if he is a flawless coach. I think he so obviously wants it so badly at times in certain situations that I think it can lead to some tightness for his guys at times because they want it badly because they love their coach and they want it badly for him. Um, But I think it can lead to some tightness. Um, and you know, I think that's something, and this is all us being adults here. You got to take the good with the bad. You got to take some, um, cause it's not perfect. Like, I mean, look in my ideal run UCLA football program, uh, John R. Wooden is coaching the team and, uh, and they're running up and up tempo offense while also running awesome pressing defense, but that's not, uh, you're not going to get that. So uh, instead of that, okay, is this the best situation UCLA basketball has been in uh, in, I don't know, since then? Pretty close, right? Like, we all agree on that? Like, it's not perfect. There's some stuff that, like, even I would be like, oh, gosh, I wish that was a little bit different. But Mick Cronin, um, he's like a uh, as close to a home run as you're going to get at UCLA. Like, it's... It's about as good as it can be in modern college basketball. So, you know, there's some stuff, but it's it's not going to be the end of the world. They're going to be a much better team in February and March than they are right now. And they're going to win a lot of games. And, uh, you know, there will be the occasional game where maybe guys look a little bit tight or maybe the rotation is a little bit weird and you're upset about it and valid and that's totally fine. But on balance, still much better. It's still much better than a lot of other coaches would be doing right now. Guapo. In the past, Tracy has indicated the men of Leicester for basketball was competitive with all but those programs paying ridiculous amounts. Is that still the case? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's they're 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 fine. Uh, I I don't have many concerns with uh, basketball and I O. UCLA hack. If Mick called you up and asked you to set the starting lineup and the first two guys off the bench, who would you like to see? Um, right now, Dylan Andrews, Sebastian Mack, Lazar Stefanovic. Ilan Fabloy and Adembona. And my first two guys off the bench would be Adaimara at the five. And, uh, well, okay, sorry. Is is Berke healthy? If Berke is healthy, I'm, I still don't know if I'm not starting Ilan and then bringing Berke off the bench. Um, but I think if Berke is healthy, I probably have, let's say Ilan off the bench, Berke starting, and then Ilan is the first sub. Uh, and then your backup point guard is either Mac or McClendon, whichever one you want. Um, but yeah, I would have, uh, uh, I, I, and the thing is Mara would be subbing entirely for Bona, not for anyone at the four. 
starting tomorrow and into Pac-12 play, do you think Mara's minutes decreased from the 14 a game it is now to under 10? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, and lastly, with Mick calling out Bona, which I'm completely fine with, Mick being Mick, how many rebounds do you think Bona gets against Ohio State? 10 plus. Uh, Bruin Baller, 925. Any additional info you can provide on the very strange Elsie Harrington recruitment situation with his father in UCLA? No, I don't. And uh, I kind of want to just not. I haven't read anything about it, so I don't want to sound stupid. Um, besides, like, an initial headline, which looked yucky. Uh, Monarch82. How are new players reacting to mixed coaching style? Does Vlad have a place in this offense? Who is Vlad? Am I am I being stupid? Hang on. Am I being stupid? Vlad. 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 There's no Vlad on this team. Okay, I'm not being stupid. Um, I can only guess as to who you mean. Vide? Maybe? Jan Vide? I don't know. Um, I, I think they're reacting fine. Um, all right. SLT DMD, lightning round. Beatles versus Stones, Beatles. Soft tacos versus crispy tacos, soft tacos. Lord of the Rings versus Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. Best toppings for pizza, pepperoni. Thick crust versus thin crust, thick crust. Batman versus Spider-Man, Batman. Yoda versus Gandalf, Gandalf. Boxers versus briefs. Uh, I reject the question, boxer briefs. Bruin 8 clap. One, who are the most likely players to declare for the draft after this season in basketball? Um... Adem Bona. Adai Mara. I mean, I, I, those are the guys I would say in, in likely order, but I, I honestly, watching them so far, I don't think anyone should draft, but uh, should go, but um, who knows? I mean, I, I think we gotta, we gotta wait and see on that. Like, we gotta see who develops over the next couple of months, because a lot can happen by the end of January, early February. Two, what do you think UCLA's priorities will be in the transfer portal or international recruiting at the end of the season? A post, a three-point shooting specialist? Um, I would go hard after uh, somebody who could shoot and um, probably some sort of scoring wing. Um, so that would be a big priority for me. Um, but again, you don't know. You don't know if Dylan Andrews blows up over the next three months. Does he go? Does he try to play in the N NBA? Who knows? Um, and uh, as far as a post, it really depends on what a Dembona and a Daimara are thinking by the end of the season. Right now, I don't think a Dembona has done enough to show that he's an obvious first rounder. And I don't think a Daimara has shown enough that he's an obvious first rounder, but a lot could change in the next few months. So you got to kind of keep uh, keep an eye on that. Three, is Berke expected to return before the beginning of the season? Pac-12 play? Uh, yeah. I, so as far as I know, I think he's on the mend. Um, I don't know if he'll play tomorrow, but uh, I think he'll be uh, in good shape by the, end, by the beginning of Pac-12 play. Four, how do you think the team compares to Howland's second season with freshman Farmar, Aflalo, Ship, and Mara, which barely made the tournament? Uh, Mata, uh, which barely made the tournament. Um, that's fair enough. Uh, maybe. Um, I think that team had... Uh, uh, it's, it's just harder to assess with the, the guards that they had versus this is like a kind of a wing centric, um, uh, group of freshmen and, and centers, obviously. Um, but I mean, fairly similar, I guess. Uh, I think this team has more upside immediately this year. Uh, but it might 
they might have a lower floor too. I'm not sure. Um, so it's interesting because uh, we were making the comparisons with Cronin's first year, but I do think uh, Hallen's teams might make more sense. Uh, Bruin 8 clap. Uh, one more. How does UCLA compare to Arizona, Gonzaga, or USC in terms of basketball NIL resources? Do they spend more on average per a player? Uh, not really sure. I think they're comparable. Um, I don't think it's all that. I don't think they're in different universes. Uh, true mismatch. Dave, what was your personal reaction to finding out Kelly would be retained? I myself felt a feeling of helplessness, hopelessness for the program's future. You. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, uh, all cards on the table, I was still, uh, I would say I was actually in a, a little bit of disbelief uh, for a while. I was like grasping at straws, like, oh, no, that can't be. Maybe they're, you know, organizing something that like, it'll be some mutual parting of ways or some crap like that. Um, and so it was only like, really like a week and a half ago, two weeks where it became like, oh, no, 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 this is 100% just this is the how it's going to be. Um, so disbelief uh bleak uh yeah a little bit of hopelessness all that kind of stuff so um yeah very disheartening but again long term very bullish and long term i think there's a lot of potential for this program that has been untapped historically that um can be tapped and then uh one last question will burke play versus ohio state uh i don't know uh, but he has gotten him he's gotten better he's improved all right that is it we went an hour and 40 minutes. Good God. All right. Well, I got to write the rest of my preview for this bowl game. So I will leave you with this. Enjoy uh, the game tomorrow. Enjoy both games tomorrow, basketball and football. And I will talk to you again soon. Ta-ta. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo. And they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.